the epistle text for this Sunday is Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. And, it, of course, there's a, some things going on right preceding this passage. And just this little verse, it happens just shortly before chapter 6. In chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Where sin increased, grace increased all the more. We're familiar with those words and what a wonderful thing that is. But then the Apostle Paul continues the, uh, the thought about this, beginning at Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace might increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body, ruled by sin, might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So when I read these words, sometimes, I don't know, if, there, if there's something that's in first person, that would be Pastor Tim, not me. But, um, so I'll help you sort that out. This past Friday, January 6th, was Epiphany the day on the Christian calendar remembering when Magi from the distant land followed the light of a star to worship the infant Jesus, who is the light of the world. The Sundays following Epiphany focus on Jesus being revealed to Israel, to his disciples, and now to us, beginning with the baptism of Jesus and ending with his transfiguration on the mountaintop. The gospel lessons for this church year are from Matthew. And Matthew is primarily a manual on discipleship, written to the church for a post-apostolic age. Matthew is passing along for the next generation what he learned as a disciple of Jesus. Now, Jesus' baptism has significance for us as his disciples. Just as Jesus was baptized, 
he intended his disciples to be baptized. Jesus' baptism was to fulfill all righteousness. Our baptism is to receive the grace of God given to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so this morning, we will discover, and here's the title, The Death and Resurrection of the Disciple. Now, there's an outline on the back, and here comes point one. A disciple is one who has, in Christ, died to sin. Look again at verses 1 to 3. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We receive the grace of God in baptism. Grace for the forgiveness of sin and for eternal life. But as we are emphatically told in verses 1 and 2, grace is not a license to sin. Many Christians live as as though it was okay to, to sin since God will forgive us. I've known believers whose stated operating principle in life is that it's easier to ask for forgiveness than for permission. But Paul forcefully says that is a gross distortion of the grace of God. In verse 2, we read that we who live under grace are those who have died to sin. In what sense have we died to sin? All of us have given in at various times to the temptations thrown at us by the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh. Sin seems very much alive in us. The InterVarsity New Testament commentary is helpful in understanding this. And here's a quote from that source. This means that believers can no longer be under the power of sin. They experienced the decisive power of God when Christ's atoning work on the cross was put to their account by God. At that moment, they died to sin, and it lost its power over them. Again, it must be emphasized that sin still is at war against us, but it is no longer an internal force controlling us. Christ is the internal power in our lives And sin is now an external power trying to defeat us. We belong to the realm of grace and no longer live in the realm of sin. There are other passages that reflect these truths. Colossians 1.13 teaches, We have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the Son. Romans 13 says, we are no longer to do the deeds of darkness. Ephesians 5, we are to walk as children of the light. Grace is the gift of God by which we are given a new spiritual life. We are born again. The life we live in Christ is different 
from a life without Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And as Paul will teach in chapter 8 of Romans, we are to live according to the Spirit, the Spirit of God dwelling in us rather than live according to the flesh, our sinful human nature. We died to that sinful nature. There's a zombie genre that prevails in our culture today. It has become popular in this postmodern culture. There's movies, books, television series, and even video games depicting partially decayed corpses reanimated by a mutated strain of bacteria or by some other pseudo-scientific reason. What's the name of that series? Um, The Walking Dead, right? Yeah. We are not to be zombie believers. Don't try to resurrect the dead body of sin and be controlled by it. Verses 6 and 7 teach, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So our baptism then, first of all, means that we were baptized into Christ's death, that our old self was crucified with him. So a disciple is one who has in Christ died to sin, but also, point two now, a disciple is one who has in Christ been raised to life. Look at verses 4 and 5. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. So in what way are we raised to life? Certainly, we will physically die. What is the new life that we live in Christ? It is a life empowered by the Holy Spirit. It is a life under the control, the reign of Jesus Christ in our lives. Again, the InterVarsity New Testament commentary notes, we are now under a new power, that of Christ in us, and so can resist the power of sin and therefore live for God. It is our union with Christ and his power that allows us to defeat sin in our lives. It is a life with a new identity. Jesus identified with us in his baptism. Jesus was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. And we are baptized to be identified with Christ and his righteousness. We are made righteous only 
only if we are identified with Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.22 says, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. So finally, as disciples of Jesus, we die to sin, we are alive again, and now point three, and get your mind around this, disciples of Jesus, we are both dead and alive. Think about that for a minute. That's not pastor's words, that's me. Beginning at verse 8, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Luther taught this about baptism. The old Adam... Now, that's another word for the sinful nature. The old Adam is a good swimmer and does not drown easily in baptism. We are to remember our baptism daily and daily repent of sin to put sin to death. Our catechism says that our sinful self with all its evil deeds and desires should be drowned through daily repentance. Our sinful self is our evil deeds and desires. It is our human nature to be selfish, self-centered people, wanting things our way and not God's way. We cannot change our sinful self. We can try to change And we may even be able to change a little on the outside. But on the inside, there is still the sinful self. The only thing to do with the sinful self is to crucify it. Verse 6 tells us that, that in baptism, the old sinful self was crucified with Christ. In the Bible, the sinful self is sometimes called the old self or the old man or the old Adam. In baptism, when the old sinful self dies, a new self begins to live. So in order to live as dead to sin, the disciple needs to give sin a proper burial. There was a woman... In, you know, in my first congregation, that's, that would not be me. That would be Pastor. In, there was a woman in the congregation of Pastor Tim whose husband had died. She had his body cremated but never interred. She kept his ashes in the trunk of her car. She stopped by the church every now and then to chat, and her conversations always ended this way. Well, got to go. I've got George waiting out in the car. 
Don't keep hauling your sin around with you as though it were something to cherish or fondly remember. Give it a proper burial and leave it behind you. Burial is a public acknowledgement, a ratification, and a seal that the person in question has died. In baptism, the old self is buried with Christ and publicly confirms that a death has occurred. It's another way to think of baptism. It may help to visualize burying your old self, putting your sin in the grave, put a headstone over it in your mind with a date, and don't go back to visit that grave. Our baptism can serve as that headstone. Luther encouraged believers to make the sign of the cross over themselves daily to remember our dying to sin in baptism. And finally, we are then to live a new life of faith. A helpful acronym for faith is forsaking all I take him. Forsaking all, I take him. To turn to Jesus Christ is to turn away from sin. Faith means to have a constant dependence on Jesus, trusting in his mercy, grace, and strength to sustain us in every moment of our day. Galatians 2.20 teaches us, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that teaches us. Bless and sanctify your word. Your word is truth. Lord, these ideas, these principles of grace and crucifying ourselves and new life in Christ are difficult for us to grasp. Help us not to lean on our own understanding, but to trust in you. Trust in your word with all of our might. We pray that you would continue to speak to us as we partake of the meal that you provide. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.